What's up, guys? Welcome to the first ever episode 22 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Now, as always, are you okay? Yeah, I just shaved off uh, the handlebar mustache. Uh-huh. And I feel like there's little pieces in my mouth. Little, you know, little some fuzzy fuzzies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I definitely have one long hair there. Whatever, I hate when that happens. It's just going to annoy you and you can keep licking your lips. Yep. And your lips are going to get really dry. Then you need chapstick. It's the I, whole thing. You fly into Atlanta tomorrow. We're going to Momocon. I got to bring God. chapstick. I, on air, airports and airplanes is when my lips get the worst. And I mm-hmm. always, for some reason, forget it. Because I got to take it out of my pocket when I go through security or whatever. Because mm. the new backscatter machines and shit. The what? Backscatter machines. Backscatter. Yeah, that's what they're doing when they, when you do this. Backscatter technology is what it's called. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. I always just keep the chapstick in my backpack just at all times. Chapstick. Just so I just have it. What's okay. the difference between chapstick and... Actually, no. I... Blistex? Lip, lip balm. That's what I, I think it's thinking. the same thing, isn't it? It's same like principle. Band-Aid. It's ba- chapstick is a brand name. Band-Aid is a brand name. Your th- Band-Aid Bandage. is a... a ba- Band-Aid. Yeah, exactly. Adhesive okay. bandages and then lip balms. I'm Tim Geddes. I'm joined with the coolest dudes in video games, Colin Moriarty and Greg Miller. Now, I'm really excited about that name because I think it's going to stick. Miller? Yeah, it's Greg Miller. Stick. And then the coolest dudes thing. Oh, sure. Because I've oh, seen talking about seen... lip balm. No, 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 lip balm. I don't know if they're going to they're mm. make it. That one, it's on its way out. But the coolest dudes in video games. Yeah, that's You're good. just going to continue getting cooler. Oh, wow. Oh, I think that's, that's I'm how getting it's older. Gonna... So I was going to say, yeah. say, that's what they always say. The old people are the coolest ones in the room. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm just hoping As that one day. we continue to shit on MOBAs and everything else that's popular at the moment. One day I hope that there's some box that just has a box quote. Like some video game, and it just says "cool students in video we games." We got the other. I haven't. I can't tell you about it on the air for sure. And yeah. I can't, but I, we got approached for the first ever. Hey, we want to use one of your quotes from "Kind of Funny" in a video game ad campaign. I was like, "Oh, we hilarious. made it!" Wow, that's fantastic. we really did. That's actually a big deal. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I hope it was something Nick said. That, <laughs> yeah, right. Just... <laughs> I don't know what this game is, Nick Scarpino. <laughs> so Nick was supposed to be here for this episode, as you can see. There's a cup there. That's your cup. That's my you know, cup. For a second, Am I but, but, it's, Nick's but water? it's symbolic. Yeah, okay. it is, it's very symbolic of Dinklebox can sit in for him. Actually, first off, the rigmarole of this whole show, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, this is the kind of funny games cast. Every week, we talk about video games. For about an hour, sometimes a little more than an hour. And then we break it up topic by topic over the week at youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. Friday, you can get the full episode. You can get the previous Friday early on patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. And it's really cool. You should do that because this one is worth a dollar. Is it? I don't think I've ever said that for Gamescast. That it's worth a dollar? Because yeah. it's never, been, it's worth never been worth a dollar. No, I guess you're right. I won't lie. I thought last week was a fucking was, stellar episode. It was good. We've been on the swing. We're, we're it, getting it, in the groove yeah. that I'm always talking mm-hmm. about. The groove is mm-hmm. in the heart. Um, so yeah, so the topics mm-hmm. I chose today were uh, were geared around having Nick in the conversation, but we can obviously have this conversation without him, as we do many, many times. About many yeah, we've things. talked about games once or twice without Nick. Yes, exactly. So the first topic right now, we we've done this a couple times. I want it to be a reoccurring topic. Oh, we've we've done it two or three times already. Okay, you're holding up three fingers, so I imagine it's three. What are you playing right now? Oh, The Witcher. And every time we do this, people really like it. Hey, fans, and it's then me, they, Greg. they respond. They let us know what they're playing. I'm playing The Witcher. Okay, so Witcher, you've been playing a lot of Witcher? Yeah. You've been streaming a lot of Witcher. I've been streaming a lot of Witcher. You've been having a lot of sex in the Witcher. Kind of Can't just play a game. No, that's not you've true. You've been having sex in the I've Witcher. I've had sex with two lovely ladies. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I think I've, I've, in the way the story evolved with one, I want to spoil for you or you, I've pretty much, I believe, sworn my allegiance to one in terms of my love. I told mm-hmm. her I love steady. her and stuff. Exactly. And but those so are now, just words. Exactly. But this is the whole thing. How much do you know about the relationships in this game? Anything? You, I've you, had one one encounter. I so live it. with the fucking Witcher Encyclopedia, so I'm well briefed on the fact that there's this like love triangle. Grandma, you're talking about Grandma Georgina. Gra- Grandma Georgina in there, sleeping in the bed, playing mm-hmm. her Witcher, all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know all about that there's a choice between these two ladies that are your real love interests. I've already 
seemingly chosen one because I said that I love her and all that stuff, but it wasn't like the game didn't make a big deal about it. But I do really care for this girl more than the other girl. And the other girl I think is kind of a bitch. And but here's the fun thing about living with the encyclopedia is that last night I came to bed and I was all yawn, putting on my nightcap and stuff. And Christine's like, oh, I just banged the other one. I'm like, oh, cool, that's awesome. Was it a hot sex scene? She's like, let me show you. And she reloaded the save and played through that sex scene. So I got the best of both worlds. Imagine if in real life you could replay sex scenes. I do it every night. I would never leave my house. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be just good. That'd be awesome. That's the that's the real power of Morpheus. Reliving Greg Miller's botched <laughs> sex life. We're working on the app right now, so you too can feel the shame mm-hmm. of just like I don't know why it's not working. Mm-hmm. Have you been playing a lot of The Witcher? Yeah, I played a lot of The Witcher. I'm playing. I've played, I'd say, as much as Greg, but I'm playing in a different way. So I've not gone as far as he has because I'm just way more meticulous and OCD about it. So the maps in the game are filled with question marks, like mm-hmm. sometimes like 150 of them at the time, and they're basically just like little things that you can go find. But I'm just doing all of that. Like I am. Leveled twice as high as I should be to where I am in the game. Mm. Um, like, Your quests are level six, right? You yeah, say like you're my level main 12. quest is like you should be level six when you do this, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm level twelve right now. No, nah, I'm good. And um, <laughs> and I'm just running around like fighting and doing things. It's it's a very immersive game. I mean, we're going to Atlanta for five days, and we have a lot of downtime while we're there. And I'm bringing my PS4 so mm. I can play that uh, and just kind of get through more because I don't like. I now is the time. Like Batman's coming right around E3, and like now is the time where. It's time to strike, but it's a really special game. I've said it before, and people are mad at me. I like Dying Light more. I think Dying Light's a better game. Um, it's f- more fun to play, I think, which is important to me. Gameplay is important. Um, and they're very similar in the sense that they're both open-world quest-based mm-hmm. games with lots of just random-ass shit out there. That said, I think The Witcher's world is beautifully realized. I think the lore is pretty interesting. The characters are interesting. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about it before, but the lighting effects are like st- mm-hmm. astounding in The Witcher. I don't know how they did it. Um, some people were giving me shit when I said uh, this game was prettier or not as pretty as The Last of Us, um, and I'm and they're like, yeah, this. And some people, were, I'm like, this game is not nearly as good looking as The Last of Us, of course, but it's an open world um, game. Mm-hmm. They have to make you know, uh, you know, some um, some decisions to make the game run better by getting rid of some of these beautiful textures and all these kinds of things. But I think there's something about the world that's very realistic and very lived in that makes me want to keep going back to it. The way the weather interacts with the world, the trees swaying in the wind, the the lived-in nature of the towns and the villages, the kind of the, the the dirty nature of like the way people look and the ragged nature. I don't know. There's just something cool about the world in this game. That you make changes that influence the world, which are cool in both on purpose and not on purpose. Yeah. Where I've done side quests, where then it'll pop back up that I should check in on those people, and I go back and no, oh, this is evolved. Something's changed here. I talked to you. There's been side quests I complete, and I don't get oh go check in on them, but I ride past that house, and things have changed. And I hop out, and I'm like, oh, you took my advice and did that. That's really cool. And they're not beating me over the head with it. Mm-hmm. And the opposite thing is I've done what you're doing, where I I spend an afternoon running around exploring, right, and doing all these different things. Ran into this weird ass talking tree or whatever right i'm like well you have to fucking die kill it and then i you know later on in the story i, I get and like you have to make a choice between this and that i'm like oh maybe i shouldn't have killed that tree <laughs> you know what i mean like crap there's 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 something special too about the organic nature of the way quests pop up and stuff like that you find just letters or notes or books mm-hmm. like stone away somewhere and it just opens a quest i i ran into a guy in a road and I, it was in the raining at night and i was just i just rode by him and a quest thing popped up i didn't even talk to him and then i just rode past him and i failed the quest like because I didn't talk to him like right at that point I'm like that sucks but I mean that's just the nature of the game right. I'm playing because mm-hmm. um, I've only failed three quests so far and I've probably completed now scores of them yeah um, at this point but yeah I've been playing a lot of Witcher three and I still need to get back to uh, the old blood too because um, there's something fundamentally awesome about 
uh, machine games in the way they do their their shooters. Uh, yeah, well, it's the Wolfenstein DLC. It's just it's just nice to go back and play more of that game. I platinumed uh, Wolfenstein: The New Order, and I want to do the same with the Old Blood. And there's a lot in the game. The, the coolest thing about the game is, and this is spoilery, so I'm gonna give you a second in case you care about the story. The game is a prequel to The New Order, but a sequel in some ways to the original Wolfenstein 3D that came out in you know, 91, 92. And during you know BJ Blazkowicz is the is the main character, and he finds in each mission. Uh, if you search hard enough, a sleeping bag or a little nook where he sleeps, like where he can rest. And he every time you sleep, he has nightmares of the first time he was in Castle Wolfenstein, and the nightmares are the original game. And you, and you play the original with game. With the blocky graphics. Yeah, like, so, like, oh, that's cool. So like he, he's like having a nightmare of a stage that or a place he was in the original Castle Wolfenstein, and it goes back there, and it's the original game. And you play it. That's fucking awesome. And then he wakes up or whatever, and I'm like, this is so... I've said it before, like, one of the most clever throwbacks to a previous game in a series that I have ever, ever, ever seen. And I think that that's fucking dynamite. Like, they, they're just very thoughtful. A lot of people aren't making single-player shooters like this anymore, and um, they're doing it really well, so I'm in, I'm, I want to support them, and I want to play the rest of this game, do some of the challenge missions and stuff like that, and then, um, you know, sit eagerly to see what they're going to do next, which I assume is more Wolfenstein. Mm, yeah. So so Nick's been playing a lot of the Metal Gear Ground Zeroes. Yeah, and he keeps he's terrible showing about it. Awful. He, he, but he keeps talking about it, and it's like I like seeing him getting into that. Another thing he was just saying, he told us today that he beat Shovel Knight. Right. So that's really exciting because now that I have my PlayStation Vita, similar to my girlfriend. Um, the, the Vita is similar to your girlfriend. Yeah, it deserves the hand motion. Okay. Um, I like that. I respect that. I've been playing Shovel Knight. My God. How the hell did I not play this game earlier? I am just completely infatuated with it and in love with it. There's just so much else in that vast the 3DS va- library. Well, I mean, including Shovel Knight, though. Well, but I know that's what I'm saying. You couldn't get to it because there's so many other great oh, games in the way. Oh, you're right. Like right. Bejeweled. No, but Shovel Knight, Sudoku. I, I always knew it was one of those games that as soon as I first saw the first trailer, I was like, there's something about this game. I was a little trepidatious about it, though. I was like, I don't know if I'm actually going to play it. It's just I'm, I'm happy it's happening, but whatever. Then once you got your hands on it at IGN, and when you reviewed it and stuff, I was like, damn. Like, that really does look like a cool game that I'd want to play. But then I was like, I don't want to... I was going to get on Wii U, and I was like, I feel like that's right. Like, it, it'd play right. 3DS, I was like, I know I'm not going to like it. It was most yeah, at home on Wii U, stuff. I think, yeah. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's just like, you know, system-wise, I was like, okay, the, the Wii U is probably it. But I was like, I'm not going to de- dedicate my time to that. Just, I'm not going to. And sure. I was like, I'm going to wait. And I was like, that if I ever get a Vita, I'm going to want that. Then eventually it was announced for it. Now I have my Vita, and I'm just like, all right, cool. This will be the game. And man... Worth the wait. Yeah. It's one of those things where I'm happy I waited. I'm happy I'm playing it now. And it is such a good, the especially on my beautiful OLED, OLED screen. screen. The colors and stuff, man, they just pop. And it's just yeah, like, it's, beautiful game. it's great. It's yeah. like really, really great. And um, I told myself that I was like, all right, we're going, we're flying to Atlanta. And yep. That's going to be the game that I play. And I was like, I want to get into it just to like see if I like it because I want to make sure I'm making the right call. I don't want to dedicate a freaking six hour flight to something, something I'm not, I can not like, into. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I'll play like, a little bit of the opening level. Yeah, right. I got like three, four levels in, and it's just like I couldn't stop. I yeah. just kept doing it. I keep thinking about it. I keep mm-hmm. thinking about all like I love how many like references and just homages there are to just old school games and all this stuff. And it's like even certain things that I don't really like, like the uh the pogo stick thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like the the controls of it, like having to jump and then hit down. Not really how I imagine platformers to play and stuff. This game is making me like change my mind on that. Like it, it works. Like everything about this game feels like it was designed correctly and with a purpose. And you do see a lot of the, the thought 
that a lot of these classics games put into each room and like how it teaches you something or like introduces a mechanic and then the next room will have you use it and then the next room really makes you kind of like think about it in a different way and it's like it's fucking awesome and I'm, I'm really enjoying it and i'm like excited to see where things are going because a lot of the trailers and a lot of the videos i've seen previously like i didn't realize there was so much um variety in the, the level types and stuff like right now i'm playing a stage where it's like a chemist thing there's a lot of like yeah chemistry mm-hmm. shit going on it's like the, the, i don't know how to explain it what, how would you describe a laboratory that? yeah it's like a lab it's 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 the third level in the game the third the, like boss the, level lab is i don't know it's, it's, a, it's like it's, a scary lab yeah it's like an alchemist lab, lab or something like yeah it's okay. it's it's um it's that's a that's uh what night is that i can't think of it. it's not specter night um Plague Knight. Mm-hmm. and uh yeah that's a the beauty of and i was saying this because i feel like a lot of people thought when I, you know, I I had revealed this game at IGN, um, you know, we had an exclusive on it or whatever, and then I was, like, really into it. And then I feel like people played it at PAX and stuff, but, like, they, I feel like a lot of people just weren't listening to me. Like, because I think a lot of people think, like, well, Colin has, like, significant sensibilities towards these kinds of games, and you have to kind of temper his opinions on them based on your excitement about old 8-bit side-scrolling games like that, because I fucking love Ninja Gaiden, and I love Castlevania, and I love Mega Man, and all these games. And people just weren't fucking listening. You know what I mean? And I was like, this game is awesome. And slowly but surely, when it came out to Wii U and 3DS, I think it was right at home on Wii U. I think it was great on Wii U. Um, and it was on PC. Uh, it started to resonate with people. When now that it's on PlayStation, we I get I get t- text. Uh, you know, I just saw the, the Yako guys a couple weeks ago, and they were like, you know, thanks for your support. Because, mm-hmm. like, we're getting, you know, they're getting tweets left and right for people being like, Colin recommended this game. And I'm like, yo, you're not, this is a, this is a master class in gameplay. This, this game is is astonishingly good and what i kept saying about it was it borrows elements from great games and great elements from great games mm-hmm. there's a lot of zelda 2 in this game there's a lot of ninja Gaiden and castlevania in the game like the world map is mario 3 mm-hmm. the town structure is zelda 2 the pogo stick thing is ducktales and zelda 2 the sub weapon thing is ninja Gaiden and castlevania the boss designs are mega man like everything about it is fucking awesome it's the best parts of the game exactly. too, without the bad parts like it's the good parts of zelda 2 not the parts you didn't like you know what i mean and <laughs> like that's why i'm like holy shit it's like it, it, it's so fresh things just keep happening like all of a sudden like i got some item and it's like oh go to the town it's like well, there's the zelda 2 town this is awesome mm-hmm. and then it's like oh bring it bring this to the fish in the swamp or whatever and i'm like what the hell and you go and it's like a the level triple. yeah it's like what the fuck's happening right now he's a dope guy but it's cool because i thought it was just gonna be a platformer like i thought it was totally just going to be a Mario style level by level thing. And it's like not man. There's like so much more there. There's a mild non-linearity to it. So like certain you can play two or three stages at a time, just like Mario yep. three. Um, yeah. It's a, uh, it's funny because like I've really mastered that game mm-hmm. and watching people, other people play it. It's fun to watch people play it and the kind of experience I beat in that game 20 plus times, maybe like, so it's, I beat I beat the game organically in like an hour and twenty minutes to get that you know to get my trophy. Like, there's a way to cheat to beat the game quickly by like resetting your game and stuff like that. But mm. I actually just did an organic playthrough of it and beat it in like an hour and twenty minutes. And I'm like, when I first picked the game up, it would take it would take me hours and hours to get through the game because there's some. I don't think it's the thing about Shovel Knight that I'm a little disappointed in it is it's not that hard. Well, and, so that's, and, I, and that's like some people think it's like the hardest thing in the world. I'm like this game is not that hard. It's it's challenging. It's not hard. And I think that's the what I like so much about it is it's like I feel like. And, you know, you'll probably disagree with me about this, but, like, going back and playing the Mega Man games, having not played them before, to me, they're just, like, they're just difficult. Like, it's, it's, I don't want to have to wrap my head around having to use slowdown and stuff to my advantage as part of the actual gameplay. And I feel like this game doesn't do that. This game, the hardest parts are the, so far at least, have been the, the boss fights. And it's, like, they're challenging, but it's, like, 
yeah, you're going to die a couple times, but then you learn the patterns and stuff. And it's like, it, it definitely brings me back. Like, not only does it look like those old games, it reminds me of being a little kid facing off against easy bosses, but not understanding how to beat it. And then eventually clicking and being like, okay, I need to jump now. I can't do this. And it's like, it's really fun. That's and a I, style of gameplay that isn't around anymore. And yeah. that's why it's hard. And you ha- you both can throw back and harken back to the fact you've played those games before. Whereas somebody who's coming up right now who didn't, their mm-hmm. first game was, their first system was a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation 2. That's a foreign language to mm-hmm. them. And that's where that, them, when people are like, this is so hard, it's that they don't know how to speak that language. It, that's that's a really good point. And I think to me, something that uh, I'm really latching onto here is they, they put so much thought into that. And they put thought into there's going to be people that don't necessarily have the ability to do this or the, the drive to want to do this yeah. or take enjoyment from this. Like, to them, it's not going to be fun. And that's why I think the checkpoint system, I've never seen a system like this in any other game, and it's fucking brilliant, where there's these um, like little crystal ball things, and there's like five per level. And if you break one open, then you get a gem and you get a bunch of money. Yeah. If you don't break it open, you just walk past it, it's a checkpoint. Yeah. So it's kind of up to you whether you want to get the reward or keep going. And if you're like, okay, this is the first one, I'll break it, get the money. But the second one, I know there's a challenge coming up, so I'll not do it. But then I'll break the third one. It's like it becomes this meta game of itself sure. where you're thinking about like, do I want the reward now or do I want to um, just press my luck or whatever? And it's like it's it's really cool to me because I didn't get it for a second. I was like, there was a level where I just want to hit everything and get all the fucking gems and shit. So it's like when I broke it and saw the gem, I was like, cool. I guess I'm just gonna keep doing this, not realizing those are checkpoints because mm. they don't really explain it. No, they show it to you. They graphically show it to you, like when you die, like and you see the X's over well, the checkpoints. So that, that's, that's when you that's realize. The thing, it, is then I kept fucking dying at like the end of a level. I'm like, God damn! I'm playing this level over and over, and that was the point where I'm like, this reminds me of the old school games I didn't like because I don't want to have to do all the challenges I already right. did. Like I, I know I can do this. Let me just do the part I can't do. And um, I just kept seeing the X's. I'm like, how come the last level I was doing there was checkpoints? What the fuck am I doing wrong? So then I tried again, and I realized, oh shit! If I run past it, it lights up. I'm like. That's good fucking game well design. Well done. Well you done. Know? Yeah, it was the... When I played New Game Plus, it was when the game really got m- much more difficult. Because the game... You can play a game like this with your own rules. It's like playing Mega Man and not using any special weapons. Like, you can make the game harder, and people do that. It's called arm cannon dueling. But, uh, like, there's always health before each boss. There's always... Like, there's just... There, and there's ways to spike the game to make it much easier. Just You can just save money and buy your health and have, like, you know, stacked health bar and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Because you can go back to levels, right? Yeah, you can so go back to levels So if you know a level really well, break every checkpoint, beat it, break every... You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and so there's ways to just farm money and stuff like that. And that's what I think that makes the game easier. And that's why I was a little disappointed. That was, like, my one disappointing thing with it when I first played it and I beat it. And I was like, this game is this game is a lot of fun, but, like, this isn't hard. And uh, it is it is a relative thing, like, based on what you're experiencing. But I expected something that was a little more hardcore. I think that New Game Plus for those people with those kind of sensibilities is more that there's one checkpoint per stage mm-hmm. and uh, there's no health anywhere. Like anytime there's a health, like in the regular game, there's a bomb there when you play in a New Game <laughs> Plus. No, really. Um, so you can never hear this stuff. And it reminded me more, you know, I just did a, a playthrough, a long playthrough, a let's play of Castlevania 3, which depending on when we post it may or may not be up by the time you see this. Um, and I played the game for, I don't know, like 45 minutes or whatever. And it was reminding me of like, you were talking about going through a stage and then dying and having to go back. Part of the reason that that was so alluring to me as a kid was it wasn't about just getting through the stage. It was about getting through the stage with enough health to beat the boss. Mm-hmm. Like if you stumbled with no lives to a boss late in Castlevania 3 with one health bar left, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. It's over. You might as well just kill yourself and go back to the beginning. It was about that feeling of getting to the boss and being like, I can actually do this. Yeah. 
and then you die, and then you do it again, and you're like, all right, I really can do this now. I like that kind of challenge. Well, there's also, in addition to the challenge, there's something to be said about um, if you're going to re- have to replay a level over and over and over, that level needs to be fun. That means each section, I keep saying room, but like each screen needs to have fresh ideas and something that's going to keep you engaged. And when you have to replay it over and over, it really forces you to kind of look for the secrets and think about different ways to go about it. And it's like, it makes you think about the game instead of just rushing through it. And like, I feel like a lot of the the modern Mario 2D games, it is just kind of like, I know how to play Mario. So I'm just going to run and jump and jump and jump and jump and I beat the game. And it's like, that's why you don't remember it. But it's like, so when if you would ask me, what's your favorite level in any of the new Super Mario Bros. games, I'd have no answer for you. Like, I have no fucking idea. If you ask me Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3, Mario World, Mario, any of those, I'd be like, oh, 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 you know, I have a bunch of answers. Because back then, they were designed more around this idea of learning the secrets and, like, finding all this stuff. And Shovel Knight's doing that for me, for sure, where it's like, I'm getting intimately familiar with the levels, and it's awesome. The, the exciting thing about what Yacht Club is did with, with, uh, with Shovel Knight is this is their first game. And they have experience. A lot of those guys come from way forward. Way forward, of course, is a very well respected uh, studio with retro gamers like me, um, because they make great retro games. Um, but this is their first game. This is their Mega Man One, mm-hmm. yeah. and they are inevitably going to make another Shovel Knight game, right? And that's going to be their Shovel Knight Two, their Mega Man Two. Yeah. And it's going to be like to me, the original Mega Man is a great game. It's also by far the worst of all the classic Mega Man games, by far. Like not even close. The worst one. And I'm excited for them to go back to this and be like, this is, now we have time, now we have money and means, we don't have to rush, there's there's no rush, we have our engine, we have all these kinds of things, and this is the game we really want to make. And I, I, Shovel Knight 2, whenever that comes out, if it comes out, oh my god, mm-hmm. that's going to be the fucking game right there. And one of the things I was, I, 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 was ta- I was just, I talked to those guys a lot, and I was just like, you know, one of the cool things I hope they do is a robot master style um, creation contest because mm. for Mega Man 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, or I guess through 8, 9, and 10, they didn't do this. They those All those robots were designed by players. None of them were designed by Inafune and his team, any of them. They just redrew them to make them look like yeah, his style. But style. those are all created by people. That's awesome. So at the end of a Mega Man game, it, it'll have like each boss in the name, and it's a Japanese name typically, except for two of them were made by Westerners in yeah. Mega Man 6. And I always thought, I was like, oh, it's the designer or whatever. No, it's a fucking kid, an 18-year-old, a 16-year-old kid, a 20-year-old guy in Japan who made that. Yeah. And I was like, you should do that for Shovel Knight 2. You know, that's and awesome. I think that, that you know maybe they'll consider doing that. Never tweet it yet to club games. Let them know. I think that would be so cool. It's like let people design mm-hmm. the eight new knights. Yeah, just like they design Quick Man and Heat Man and Bubble Man and all those that's characters. Mega awesome. Man too. Dude, the the knights are so awesome though. Like they're really cool and impressive. And the animation on them, like holy shit, uh, Specter Knight mm-hmm. spinning around the fucking scythe and shit. I'm like, damn, like. It's those moments that I'm like, this is not an 8-bit game. You know what I mean? Like, this 8-bit games didn't have animation like that. And that's why where I think Shovel Knight succeeds the most is it has the feel of the old games and it has all the good parts, but it is a modern game completely. And that's awesome. It's modernity, I think, is most seen in its lack of difficulty. And that was one of the – and that was – but, yeah, there, is, there are tips and tricks. Like, the, apparently the game's audio, for instance, would work on an NES. Like, the, mm-hmm. like so – there are certain things like the game wouldn't run on an NES, but the the audio, for instance, was programmed through the same chipset that NES games were made. Mm. So like, there's a lot of orthodoxy with the way they, they made the game, which I think is pretty cool. And I think that uh, they have a, just an insane amount of talent. Like the, I I know them and I'm proud of them and what they've accomplished with this game. They speak to people like me and like you. Um, and I think that they were astounded by their success and they're just going to keep having success. Shovel Knight. 
is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It was the best game of last year. That's why everyone always busts my balls like you hate Wii U. Like a Wii U game was my game of the year last year. So like you know, I loved Shovel Knight, and uh, I think it's right at home on Vita and PS4. Um, I recommend people play it. It's on Xbox One as well, and we'll see. It. That's all I'm saying is that that's what's exciting about this game is actually what they're going to be able to do next. Mm-hmm. And I hope that they're. I hope that they don't do something else. I hope that they continue with Shovel Knight in that universe. And yeah, I love King Knight, and my favorite's Tinker Knight, who I don't think you've fought no. yet. Tinker Knight is awesome. He's a little, 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 little tiny knight. And there's actually a great scene at the end that I can't wait for you to see, too. Uh-huh. Like, with all of them. Oh, I'm excited. And I, I, I won't spoil it for you, but it's it, it should be a poster. Like, no, you'll, no. you'll know exactly the picture. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you see it. Um, you'll probably see it on I'm the I'm fucking excited, tomorrow. man. Yeah. This is great. All right, guys. Second topic for today. You actually brought this up to me. So you, you might be able to explain a little bit better. The idea is unique games. Go for it. Yeah, so we were to, like, um, today there was a game, you're going to have to help me w- what it's called, Perception? No, it's something like that, right? Or is it, I backed it, I mean, I, let me check my tweets. There's a game that was made by ex-Bioshock developers, obviously, um, you know, Irrational is no more, and those guys got laid off, Irrational is Boston-based, so a lot of these guys stayed in Boston and created no, a new right, studio. No, Perception, sorry, yeah. by Deep End Games. Deep End Games is the new studio, and the game is called Perception. And it's a game that seems to be inspired a great deal by Gone Home, which is a game we very much love, which is a more explorative, um, narrative-based game. But in this game, you play as a blind woman. And what's interesting is that you have no tools at your disposal except for, like, some sort of echolocating kind of thing and, like, a a smartphone and stuff like that. But you can't really see. Um, And we were seeing the trailer. The game looks beautiful. I'm not quite entirely sure, like, what the the perspective of your character is going to be if she's, like... Truly blind. In other words, if the screen would be black or whatever. That's or what, the perception. Yeah, yeah. Or that's the that's how it is. I mean, if you've seen Daredevil Netflix, when they go into his field of view, that's what it looks like, and that's what they're talking about. Is like by using your phone or you know throwing things in the room, you get to see you know the sound waves echo off stuff, come back to you. You see what it is, basically, right? But then you're being you're there's this monster around the house too that you're trying to avoid. So the question becomes: Do I throw this vase down the end of the hall to see the entire hall, or will that alert the person or the monster to where I am and stuff like that? And you have to. And Good lord! Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. Yeah, and so it, it brought it brought up a, like it's it's a brilliant idea. It's a game that it's a, it's a, it's the type of game that I've never heard of before. I've never mm-hmm. I've never heard of a game like this. Yeah, you know, and it reminds me of other really unique like Sound Shapes, for instance, which was a really fucking speaking of Vita games, like a really 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 unique game where you're platforming but you're making music as you go, and like the things you the decisions you make and the things you collect like make the music more robust or less robust, like. For all the games we like, we were talking about Wolfenstein and how great of a shooter that is. Shovel Knight, which is a very derivative... It's a fun game. It's a very yeah. derivative game. Which are open-world RPG. Yeah, exactly. Like, these games are unique, mm-hmm. and they resonate with me more. Yeah. It's the same thing with Gone Home. Like, people shit... Yeah. Some people give Gone Home shit. I don't think they know what they're talking about. Like, I think Gone Home was extraordinary. Yeah. Um, in its simplicity, you know? But also in its its resonance, its emotional resonance and Another stuff like that. Another ex-Bioshock guys. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it seems like a lot of people have learned a great deal from Ken Levine. Yeah, we'll like, who, who, just, go figure. Yeah, just you just kind of hear. I mean, a lot of. I mean, uh, you know, I've talked to Walt Williams a lot in the past. Walt Williams uh, wrote Spec Ops: The Line. He's a prolific games writer, and he talked about how much like he told me something along the lines of, you know, you come onto a game and you learn something about it, but you also have to help it. And when he was on Bioshock, he's like, "This game didn't need me at all." Yeah, all I did was. Like, learn from the master. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then he went, went and wrote Spec yeah. Ops. And Bioshock's, of course, one of the great games of all time. So, yeah, I just wanted to bring up some unique games, like games that you've never, you know, that are different. 
you can never make another sound shapes. You can make a sequel to it, but there could never be another sound yeah. shapes like it. And there can like be it. games inspired by sound shapes and stuff. That's what you're talking about. That's what's so interesting about right now. What I always talk about is the fact that I think it's the best time to be a video game connoisseur or player or whatever you want to call us. You know what I mean? In the way that. And I've used this analogy before, the silly putty thing, right? Mm-hmm. When games start, they're very simple. We know what that is. And then people start stretching it out in all these different directions. And now there's a game for every mood and everything you're in, right? And that's what's awesome is that every day now, a new Kickstarter pops up for something. In the same vein of that, right, is that apartment game, a separated place that we did yeah. a Let's Play for, right? Like, I immediately went and gave them $80 on Kickstarter. I'm like, I love your idea here of this. Again, it's a narrative-driven game. You know, it starts that I'm... The first story we played was you're in an apartment dealing with, you know, your girlfriend who left you and you're an artist, so you find the clues around there and then draw your story. But then you leave the building and go next door and this woman's a writer and she's writing while... You're writing her... Not only writing her messages in the book, she's re- you're responding to your husband and then texting your lover, it seems yeah. like. And it's like all these amazing, like, holy shit. And for me right now, when I think of unique games, that's what I think of. I think of these games that have the power to put me in someone else's shoes in a mm. way I would have never been able to. And, like, don't get me wrong. Books do that. Documentaries. News stories, even. You know what I mean? But to sit there and be controlling what's happening and understanding. I, I go back to Coming Out Simulator 2. That was a game I played that it was like super simple flash-based web thing you jump onto, a student project or whatever, right? And, you know, the guy opens it with like, this is my story of how it went. Is Obviously, there's choices here, so it's not like mm-hmm. you're getting variables that yeah. didn't happen in mine, but this is all very, you know, true to what happens. You go through and you play it, and it's just like the 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 weight of the, you know being gay and not being able to tell your parents, trying to tell your parents and them immediately rejecting it and, doubt, and like going back and forth with your boyfriend. It's just like holy shit, you know what I mean? These are experiences I wouldn't have gotten. And again, in the very similar vein, gone home, but in a completely different way. And the yeah. fact that coming out simulator was me choosing options off of a screen. It's, it kind of looks like a cell phone the entire time. Mm-hmm. Whereas gone home was I'm this woman's sister, right? And I've come home and what the fuck's going on? And that game for me will always be special, just in the way of. I went into it and somehow was able to keep my knowledge of it to nothing. You know what I mean? Got in there, played it, and thought I was playing a horror game. Mm -hmm. And then I kept getting, oh, okay, what's that? And then you're like, oh, this is a cool story. Whatever. Sam Milani's fine, but I need to worry about that. And then slowly it it catches up of like, is this the game? It's them? This is their, holy shit. And then at the end, the terror's back for a completely different reason. You know what I mean? It was like, I finished that game, and I always say, I took off my headset, and I went into the bedroom, and I hugged Christine, right? Because it was just, again... So bittersweet. It was so amazing. And that's one of those experiences that changed me. Well, I think that's something that makes games so unique is when you don't know about it. And it's a yeah. new experience that you can't even imagine. Because once you kind of have an idea of what it is, it it changes it. you know. And I feel like when you say, what's the most unique game? Like a couple pop into my head. Journey's one of them. Yeah. But I feel like Journey, I didn't have that connection with in the same way because I knew about it. Mm-hmm. People were like, oh, you should play this. This is a thing. So my answer would be Flower. Before mm. Journey. Yeah. Flower, it was more similar to Gone Home for me, where it's like, I weirdly like that game. Like, I really enjoy it. And I remember first hearing about it, and I was like, that's really fucking weird. Like, why would anyone like that? And yeah, like, yeah. why would why would I want to play it? And then I watched a, a trailer of it, and I was like, there's something about this, like, the way that, like, the, the, it has a custom score they made just for it, and, like, the music kind of changes depending on what you're doing. And stuff. I'm like, man, there's a lot of, this looks like a tech demo. But it yeah. looks like a cool, engaging tech demo. I want to try it. So I just bought it, downloaded it, and then 
as I was playing it in the first level, you're just kind of flying around, like you you're learning the the mechanics. Because when you first look at it, it doesn't look like a game. Yeah, you're like, what is the interactive screensaver? Like, yeah, what am I exactly. Doing? Yeah, 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 and that's kind of what sold it to me was the idea of it being an interactive screensaver. I'm like, that's fucking cool. Yeah. I used to love screensavers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I like that idea. And then, but playing it, like you start going through, and then you start getting in the the flow of it. And like that's something about video games that I think is unique to gaming is when you're in the zone. Right. You know. Right. Uh, like when you're playing Guitar Hero and you you're not even fucking looking anymore. You're just kind of like holy shit this is just happening i'm doing it yeah yeah and uh um, flower had a lot of those moments for me where you kind of get in the zone and it's like it, it's a motion control game yeah. but unfortunately yeah yeah but not, I mean, not on your playstation vita anymore huh it's not motion control on your playstation vita oh, anymore oh yeah <laughs> is it you can control it with analog yeah. sticks on the vita yeah holy That's shit what i always wanted in that right game. Or oh, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. but uh but there was something about it though that it didn't feel wrong to me playing on the ps3 like i would have rather used the analog sticks for sure but as i was doing i was like okay man this is like this is going, and this is a uh, this is cool. And I got into it, and when I'm, you start going through the valleys and stuff, and you go start going really fast, I remember really get, kind of getting into it and mastering the subtle movements of the controller. And uh, then you get to the second level, and it's like a little darker. It's not as colorful and pretty. Then you get to the third level, and it's really dark. Then you get to the fourth level, and it's like, oh shit, things are really fucked up. Yeah. yeah. As you go through that game, I remember constantly being like, why am I still playing this? Like, there's no reason for me to be still playing this. Besides everything I just said, besides the fact that this is a weird experience, the gameplay is not that fun. There's not that much going on, but it's so subtle that it's like that is what made it unique to me. And by the the end of it, I'm like, holy crap, that was a fucking awesome game. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah I think that is the unique experience. Flower is a great game. Um, Journey to me was a game where people kept telling me to play. I had a different experience from you because I knew what it was and people kept telling me to play. And I'm like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. When we nominated for Game of the Year at IGN, I was like... Okay, like I'm gonna play it one day, and and it was so incredible that I refused to ever play it again. Uh, I was like, I'm never playing this game again. Like it, that's like my time and place of that game it made me cry at the end. I have no idea why. And that was and and the unfinished Swan was a very similar game where that's a game I think more along the lines of like it will be ruined for you if you actually know what it is and like what happens in the game. We know the black and white kind of ball throwing mechanic, but the game changes radically. So. Um, you know, there are unique games like that. I was just going to say, too, Until Dawn was the other game that I brought up when we were discussing topics because Until Dawn is another totally fucking unique game. And whether that? or not Until Dawn is the PlayStation 4 exclusive comes out August 25th, it's a teen horror movie. And, like, but you play it. And, and you make choices oh, in it. Yeah, wait, was that the one with Hayden the... Hayden Penitentiary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and, and, it's, and it looks okay. awesome. Yeah. Like, and we yeah. play, I played it extensively, and, we, and I'm excited about that. It's another game where it's like, this is... This is new. This is unique. Now, new and unique doesn't always mean it's going to be good, but it, I, I personally feel like if you've not played something like this, like a game, like Game X, it's more likely than not that it's going to be more resonant with you than if you've played a million sure. games like yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like, when there's a game, I like what I like. I like comfortable games. I like shooters and I like role playing games and all these kinds of things. But every once in a while, there's room and necessity for playing a game like Journey, like the Unfinished Swan games that you might not ever go back to, but. You know, or this like this like this game um, perception like it's awesome. You know, yeah. this yeah. is so this is so fantastic. I agree that we live in a really fantastic time right now to play games. There mm-hmm. are motion controls in Flower. Sorry, on Vita. My bad. Oh, there are. Yeah. Can you play with uh, sticks? I, it doesn't look like it. I. Oh. I was gonna say they seem to be very. They could have the first sorry, of all, Sony, Sony published that game. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have patched it for free. Yeah. And at, at any time they wanted, and they clearly didn't because they didn't want to. So it's. You know they could have and they should have, yeah. but they didn't because I, I think mean, that, I that was the experience. I do, I do, yeah, it was an experience game, and I think that that goes a long way. And it's like I don't know if I would have stuck with it if it was analog sticks. 
And like that's weird for me to mm. say because it's like even though that was something I didn't enjoy about it, it's like it was part of it. Right. And it, it's again, I don't know why I played that game and until the end. But then it's like I, I was, and there was something keeping me me doing it. So I feel like Journey in a lot of ways is the natural progression of Flower, where oh, it, sure. it makes a lot more sense. You see it from Flow it, to Flower to Journey, like their oh, yeah. entire lineage. See, Flow never company. clicked with me. No, me neither. But I, I was, but it was one of those games of this is different and weird, and I it seems cool, and you play it, and I was like. I played 15, 20, 30 minutes of it. I don't need it anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. That is a very one. Tr- it's like a Flash game. Yeah. And it was a Flash game. Yeah. Cloud was a Flash. That was their first game, and that was a Flash game, too. But the. And now we don't know what the hell they're going to do next. But uh, we had Genova Chen on at GDC. It was yeah. Pretty interesting. Very interesting. Very It doesn't smart sound guy. like it's crushing his soul at all, trying to. No, definitely to not. Journey. Definitely not. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, I like the games that are derivative. I like games that are, you know, some of the same things that we. we it's like putting on, like, you know, a. Your sweat, your comfortable sweatpants or something like it just it just feels right and, and you have to do it every once in a while. But sometimes you have to play and try these different kinds of games and and uh, you know so th- this game perception is really exciting. It, it there's other games that are coming up. I'm excited about Mighty Number no. Nine because it sounds like oh I, it's not quite as like as much like Mega Man as as I think people think it is, mm-hmm. but it's still Mega Man and I'm excited about that. For but for every game like that, I'm excited about you know something else that's totally you know whacked out and different. Um, and we even we can even talk about games like IDARB or or Three Ro- Sports Home, Ro- yeah, Rocket League, like like games that are just like fucking bizarre that are fun, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what's so exciting right now is that it feels like you know we had the glut when PlayStation One was happening of like anything can happen. It's so easy to make games for the system, right? Because of CD-ROMs, yeah. And then that went away, and now that the indies and digital distribution are here, that's we're back, back to it. Yeah. It's like go do whatever you have. A I mean, team, I feel like the PS2 two, era three, whatever, was like yeah. really creative. Like there was a ton of just really unique games then yeah. too. Yeah. You just saying this though, it reminded me. This is like that's not the most unique game by any stretch of imagination, but it has unique elements. But Splatoon. Mm. That, oh, Splatoon's very we, unique. That we played, uh, we did a let's play of it. That should be, should be a lot. Yes, exactly. Um, and man, playing that game, it was interesting because we played it since yesterday. I couldn't stop thinking about it. Really? Yeah. I was like, I had fun doing that. So I don't know. I might need to get on this. I might oh be the fucking Splatoon's biggest fan. Whoa! We've given Stay a lot fresh. of we've given a lot of recommendations for games that you know people can play. Obviously, that games company, that game company stuff. I, one game, one of the most unique games. That floored me, and it will always be one of my favorites. I have a huge thing of it in my room, a huge box of it in my room is uh, Catherine, and I mm-hmm. think that um, Catherine is still one of the most special games on PlayStation Three. One of my favorite games, maybe of all time. I think it was in my top twenty-five list when I did it at IGN. Um, it's fucked up, and you, it's like it's like a dating sim meets Cubert kind of, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's it's awesome. That game is awesome, and that was Persona Team's game in between Persona Four and Persona Five, so and they were just kind of taking a break. Yeah, great. Um, and if that's any indication of what that team can do, there's a reason to be excited about Persona 5. More than mm-hmm. one reason, of course. But Catherine, I recommend. It's an easy game to get for people now. That's a good example. That's a very unique game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, guys. Topic three is two things in one. Oh, my God. Racing games and fighting games. Yeah. Now, the topic here is I know that those are not either or any of our favorite genres. Sure. But it's more about wanting to know what your positive memories are about them or what your oh. thoughts are on them in general and uh, if there's anything they could do to win you back. The the reason we're discussing this is Need for Speed, just uh, the reboot or whatever it is, refresh, re-whatever re- the hell they're going to call it. We saw a trailer for that. Uh-huh. Also, we're getting a little bit more Street Fighter Five stuff coming sure. out and people are getting really excited Ultra about Disc that. Ultra just released too for Street Fighter Ultra just released, yeah, and you guys played that for a little bit. I want to know what kind of your thoughts on it. Because for me, Street Fighter, when Street Fighter 4 was announced, I remember being excited. 
And it was like, I've been out of that forever. Not that yeah, I was ever... Yeah. In, I'm not one of those like fighting game fucking dudes, right? But everyone has the memories of Street Fighter 2 and of, you know, 90s kind of just fighting games. Or Marvel vs. Capcom or whatever it was, right? Or fucking, I don't know. Mortal Kombat, come on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oof. I thought you were for some DC bullshit. I do remember Justice League Task Force. You remember that? That blew my mind. No, the Justice League, the entire Justice League in a video game? Who would have thunk? Yeah. They're all fighting each other? Fucking dynamite. <laughs> I need to buy that, actually. Because I got this goddamn Retron thing floating around the house. Uh-huh. So, you think about all those things. I remember when Street Fighter 4 was announced, I was like, oh, shit, it's happening. Because Street Fighter 3, beautiful game to look at. Like, the, the sprite work on that is fucking awesome, and, like, people love that game. Yeah. Then when the, when 4 was announced, it was like, oh, shit, we're getting a next-gen Street Fighter. And that was one of those games where it's like, now it's like the, you get Street Fighter every fucking three months, even if it's just a, an upgraded version of it. Reaver, but, reaver, reaver. Yeah. But... When that game was announced, it was a big deal because there hadn't been a Street Fighter for years. So when 5 was announced so soon after 4, I think a lot of people were just kind of like, oh, shit, okay, I guess. Sure. And then you see the trailer of it and you're like, it looks the same. Is this 4? But now we can go through walls. Yeah. yeah. You know, it looks cool. I like, the, yeah, I like those extra long stages. I thought that was kind of a nice touch. So we're getting that stuff and it's like we see the trailer and M. Bison was just announced as a, a character in it. And it's like... Shocking. Yeah, I know. And it, <laughs> it, it, as an outsider to the Street Fighter world, I'm really starting to think, like, what does this game need to be? Because is it just going to be the same characters again? You know, because, like, that's what they... I think they have to just pick and choose. Like, I think that, you know, Street Fighter, was, I, Street Fighter as far as fighting games, is always near and dear to my heart. And we were talking during, you know, during the Ultra Street Fighter 4 Let's Play that we did for PS4. Like, I grew up playing Street Fighter, and I thought I was... I think I'm still pretty competent at it. Like, I like it. I, I like the series a lot. But... You picked up characters along the way that you probably don't really need, like, say, Dudley, for instance. And you might be able to get rid of some of these characters and then bring in other... Like, So, in other words, you have to have the eight core characters and then the four boss characters. Those are always going to be in the game, right? So, that's, but that's see, Ken not, and Ryan Block. Though. But we don't know if they're going to be. Well, what I'm saying way. is, like, so Street Fighter 2, like, that is what kind of defined what those eight are plus four, you know? Those are the characters. Mm-hmm. And then three was like, no. Well, that's why... But, that. but So... I was talking to people about this afterwards, too, because I said in the Let's Play, like, I remember Third Strike not being well-received, and it wasn't. I think the fighting game community liked it. It was a very technical fighter. They it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it. It's yeah. a pretty game, too. Uh, like you said, the pixel work and stuff in the game is great. But that was a different game that I think Street Fighter fell off for a while, and then there were the alpha games, obviously, concurrent and a little bit before as well. But those, like, you know... Ryu, Ihonda, Guile, Chun-Li, Zangief, Dalsum, you know, all these characters. And then obviously Vega and Balrog and Saget and Bison, like, they have to be in the game, right? Like, those are the core characters. And then you started to pick up, what was it, Super Street Fighter. That's when you picked up Kami and DJ and T-Hawk. Yeah. And, and there was one more. Kami, DJ, T-Hawk, and, um, oh, Fei Long. Fei Long, right. And then, like, so those, like, with the exception of Kami, you can get rid of all of those characters. I don't think anyone, like, cares about any of those characters. But see, that's the thing. And that's, then you have the alpha characters, like, Rolento and all. I, I just think you have to, I think you have to be a little more thoughtful and more careful and, like, a little more selective about the characters that you, you select in these games. And ha- Or you can have, like, a robust Marvel versus Capcom fucking, like, roster with 70 players on it. And I think that's totally fine, too. But then you have balancing issues mm-hmm. um, that you're never going to be able to repair. Um, the bigger thing about fighting games to me is that, and we talked about this on the on the Street Fighter thing, is that I didn't realize that I wasn't as good at Street Fighter as I thought I was until I worked at IGN, mm-hmm. because I used to wreck people in Street Fighter, like uh, in college and in high school and and whatever. And when I was younger, and I, one of my greatest memories is my brother buying that Super Nintendo cartridge of Street Fighter Two, the original Street Fighter Two, which cost him a fucking fortune. Um, and then we got Turbo, and then we got Super, and all these kinds. Of, and I just loved these games. And then I got really into the Alpha games on PS One. Um, but I fell out of it because it, you know. 
I thought of it when I became an adult, really, or when I moved out here, because I was just like, I don't have the time to put in to study these games the way yeah. that you mm-hmm. need to study them to play them properly. If you play King of Fighters or something like that, like that, that takes, or you play Blaze Blue, like those games take fucking study, man. Like mm-hmm. you can't just jump into those games and play them. You know, Mortal Kombat I didn't like because I think it's like stiff as shit and I think it's kind of corny too. Mm-hmm. But Street Fighter is like the perfect world, and they treat it with care. Um, that's what I liked about when when Street Fighter Four came out in two thousand nine. I really respected it. It was a beautiful game, and and it, and. Street Fighter fans and fighting game fans and Evo guys took to it. Yeah, um, and that's some of the funnest stuff to watch at Evo. When I watched Evo last year, the Street Fighter tournament was fucking insane. It was awesome. So I think Street Fighter Five could be more of the same because I think when they went off the deep end with Street Fighter Three for some people, or their Third Strike or whatever, yeah. it didn't resonate with a large group of audience. Even if even if the fighting game community took to it, it must that's not going to sustain it. Yeah. So and I think Four was the answer to that Four completely. I mean, in a lot of ways, was just two again. Like at least character wise, right? Like they the build up to it was just announcing each fucking character until you had them all, and then with a couple new characters like Dudley and um or no no Dudley's three right yeah who's du- the fat dude uh, that they added in four yeah that's um shit I can't remember his name the, in the yellow yeah, yeah. thing yeah with the ponytail yeah, yeah, yeah whatever the hell that, his yeah. name is I don't know but that's a good that's a good hint huh is it Bob no not Bob no Bob isn't Bob a character from Tekken. Yeah, I yeah. don't fucking know. Whatever, whatever this dude's name is, like Tekken's should... a better game than Street Fighter. Kevin right. really likes right, Tekken, but anyways. <laughs> All right, Kevin. yeah, it's it's interesting to me, and to see these trailers and see like Chun Li and uh, Ryu and freaking Bison's like, okay, cool, great, and the the art style is the thing that turns me off the most because. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm me, but I want the freaking sprites. Yeah, you're just not going to get it. I'm them. never I mean, going to get it. The, and then I know that. Pixel but. work. I, I, this was an interesting insight I got talking to Iga. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that I, actually, there was a huge blog written by a, a famous artist in this industry. I don't know who, his, who, who he is, but he worked on a lot of games. He was talking about this. But Ego was talking about how, like, like uh, Bloodstained, his game that he's kickstarting, the Castlevania successor, is is not sprite based. And his whole argument was like, I know that you guys, because I was disappointed when I heard that. I was like, that sucks. Like, yeah. I, I want sprite work. I want dot art. And his whole thing was like, the people that can do this are few and far between now because no one needs to do it anymore, and it's really expensive and really hard. So like they're just like we don't we can just make three D models and and flatten it in two point five D plane and be fine. And that's what they've done in Street Fighter. They're just making, you know, beautiful models that look great. And I want the sprite art and stuff too, but it's just it, you know like the, the pixel art. It's just it's not going to happen. Like yeah. it's so rare. That's why Shovel Knight, which we talked about in the last segment, is so awesome because that is, you know, that is pixel art. Mm-hmm. But it's not practical because then you have to animate it. Yeah. You know, and and it's just. That's a big to do, man. So mm-hmm. like they, they can just make these character models, and it's just easier. I think. I think Street Fighter Five will come out in ten years. They had to fucking do beautiful PS4 style pixel art um, for the you know for whatever forty yeah, characters. Then, in the then game. you look at things like Blast Blue and stuff, and it's like those are fucking amazing looking. Yeah, but Arc System like might just have Arc System Works makes those games, and they might just have a different allotment of their internal resources yeah. to, to be able to do those games. I don't I don't disagree. I think a lot of those games are beautiful mm-hmm. that are still. Um, pixel art but it's just i feel like that style of art unfortunately is just expensive and hard to do and yeah. it's just it's prohibitive i think actually for a lot of companies to do it arc system probably just you know the, the same people have been working on these games and they just do it you know but it's it's different mm-hmm. you know another thing and interesting are all too, games pixel aren't they pretty sure i don't know i mean i'm not the right person to ask about this but I'm i could have sworn sure they moved away from it and like guilty not. gear and all that stuff like i mean these yeah. games are fucking so nice looking. Yeah, I could I I could have sworn they moved away from it, but maybe not. I haven't looked at them in a long time. Mm-hmm. Pretty games. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so fight. I have I have a deep a deep deep 
deep respect for the fighting game community and and uh, and what they do and how they play because it reminds me a great deal of my love of chess and how it's not something you sit down at a chessboard and I'm going to kill you if you don't play chess I'm going to kill you mm-hmm. you know like I need someone that has studied as much as I have that 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 put the time and the effort in and these guys do that. You know, and yeah. they and they study their moves and they and they play. They're a different character. You know, I could do the same opening in a chat on a chessboard. I can do you know, or I can you know do the Sicilian defense, or whatever. And someone might do the same thing, but they'll play it differently from there. Five moves ahead, the game, the board looks totally different. So a player that uses um, Chun Li will play the player with a, de- a different complexion than a, someone else. That there's there's layers upon it's like Inception. Yeah. There's like layers Blah. and layers and layers and layers and layers of fighting game community. I have such a deep and unabiding respect for the way they play. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is like a topic for another time, and I don't want to get too far into it, but Smash Brothers, right, is like the thing of is it a fighting game, is it not, whatever. doesn't matter. Like, to me, it it is my fighting game. It's the closest thing I can get into as a fighting game. Sure. And even that, what you just said is true for that, you know? Like, if um, I play Marth and someone else plays Marth, two very different Marths, you know? And it's like the way that we go about it. It's like you can't just prepare against a Marth. Because two people are going to do it differently. And even one person can play the same character in different ways depending on their opponent. And I think the pro Street Fighter guys, when you watch them play, you can see them doing it. You can see what they're doing being different based on who they're facing and stuff. And it's fucking crazy. And I could never invest that much time into anything. That's what I'm saying. Like when you play a MOBA, you play a MOBA. When you play EVE Online, you play EVE Online. When you play Street Fighter 4, I feel like that's what you play. Yeah. yeah. And I just don't want to play games like that. So like I, when we did our also Street Fighter 4 Let's Play, like I, I played as Ken my whole life and I know how to play as Ken. And I know some people think it's cheap to play as Ken or Ryu because like they just, you know, they feel the same. So but that's default, how I play yeah. it. I think I'm pretty good at playing as them. But I would never assume that I could play Someone who knows how to play, like really know how to play Vince, and yeah. really knows how to play street fighting, you know, Street Fighter, and he'd fucking wreck me. Mm-hmm. You know, like it wouldn't even be he plays any character and kill me. It was the same thing we proved, you know, with Mark Ryan, where we played a hundred matches of Marvel Street or Marvel Capcom Two, and I lost all one hundred of them. And I started at fifty in, I was picking his characters, yeah, because there's just a different understanding he has for the game and the way the game plays and the rhythm of the game. That's the thing that I and I like that you brought these two things up with racing and fighting games because I feel like those are the two genres that you. Every genre has a hardcore audience, but mm-hmm. those are the two genres that have communities yeah. of people that play racing games. They play fighting games. That's what they play. They don't, you know, they, they might dabble with other things, but like I play role playing games, and I'm like, I'm not a role playing game player. Yeah. You know, like a guy that played Drive Club and Project Cars and the crew, that's a fucking racing fan. And has mm-hmm. the wheel and has yeah. the, you know, sliding uh, well, TV. Well, that is actually, the... that is why I brought them up together because I know that the three of us are not fans of those two genres. What about the cart? We love the cart. Yeah, but whatever. But they both do have very sim- similar things between them where there are the hardcore people that yeah. buy the fight, the fight sticks, sticks yeah, or yeah. the wheels. Yeah. The, and then there's the technical players for both of them, like the people that love Gran Turismo and Forza and all that stuff. They yeah. get super into it. But that both genres have the same thing where they are super accessible to people that just want to button mash and play. You know, anyone can pick up a racing game and understand it. Anyone can pick up a fighting game and understand it. But you're not going to be good. But it's still going to be fun. Sure. You know what I mean? On some level. And I think that that's, it's really unique maybe to those two genres. There may be a couple others that you can kind of fit in there. But um, there's that. So moving on to the racing side of things a bit. So Need for Speed. Did you guys see the trailer for the new one? Isn't it just slow pans on the car? Uh, or is there a full trailer? We did it yeah, the day the, the like reveal. Yeah, on Colin and Greg Live we went through and they were like, stay tuned for E3, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we saw that one. Do you guys have 3. any... Yes. Do you guys have any like... Need for Speed thoughts 
in general. Yeah, I loved Need for Speed on PS1. That was that was like I before I would ever even drink think of it when I was younger, I didn't have a car and stuff. My dad was running the cars. The Need for Speed series was one, two, and three, I think, on PS1 were excellent games. And I, I played all of them and had all of them up to Need for Speed Hot Pursuit 2, which was ironically the last racing game I ever bought and the first strategy I'd ever with Rajan. Oh wow. Um and uh I I loved those games. I thought Need for Speed, at least in the beginning, was a pretty nice melding of what Gran Turismo was doing really well with a more arcadey feel of like San Francisco Rush or something. Not obviously that out, out of yeah. control. But I don't like the sim racers, so like when I play Gran Turismo, I'm fucking awful at. I don't want to play a game where you have to you know shift and fucking break. Yeah. I don't want to break. You know, like I'm going. And I thought <laughs> and I thought and I thought Need for Speed was like unless you played like the really like advanced courses was a game that fit that style, but. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, I don't think I've even really touched a racing game for much. I remember when Forza came to Xbox One when we had it early at IGN. I played that. I think that was the last racing game I played. Mm-hmm. What about Burnout? Did you ever do Burnout? Burnout Paradise? No, no. That was that was the rare one that got me. Yeah, and just because it didn't feel like a racing game, it was an open world car game and go do quests and break down bo- billboards. And eventually, the Ecto One DLC came and all this other stuff. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is cool. You know, uh-huh. I'm doing all these different things. For me, that's always the hook with racing games. That it needs to have. Something other than racing. Gran Turismo puts me to sleep. You know what yeah. I mean? But like Burnout did great. Need for Speed Most Wanted on Vita was fun. And I got to do that. Kart racers. I, f- I feel like if I'm a racing anything, I'm a kart racer. Kart racing games get me super excited. Yeah. But they're different, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But, but, I'm how- sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go for it. I was just saying, it's ironic that you say, like, some people are going to take issue with your Gran Turismo comment because... I agree with you. I think I can't play Gran Turismo. I don't yeah. like it. I think it's and I'm not trying I to put you down if no, you like. No, no, no. no. But well, there is so much in that game that's not racing yeah. that I think that that is oh, actually yeah. the allure of the game to a lot of people is mm-hmm. like the customization and the unlocking and the the realism, like all the real. But the realism is what pushes me away. I yeah, guess I, that's yeah. An I agree. But I I did want to say I that. need it. I need mod nation racers cart uh, you know improvement and doing that and getting lost for hours making those cars that I did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that was awesome. Yeah, Hot Pursuit 2, man. Like, that was a... It's a that, fucking awesome game. That was a game. fucking also, great game. Awesome soundtrack. Yeah. Hot so, action cop all oh over Oh, my God. Fever, fever for the flavor, yeah. man. Good Lord. But, so that that is kind of a um, an era of racing games that I think is gone now. And that's why seeing this be like, oh, hey, it's Underground 3. That excites me because it's like... I think they've tried a couple things the last couple of years, and they've drove that into the, into the ground. And they've tried a bunch of different stuff where they went a little more sim, and then they went a little too arcade. They kind of lost that balance. But Underground, Need for Speed Underground, I think uh, Hot Pursuit 2 is a better game overall. But Underground, for people that are anywhere near my age, whether you like racing games or not, I think Need for Speed Underground, this is such a big statement that I'm going to regret saying, but it reminds me kind of the Street Fighter 2 of... Um, that type of, of Need for Speed type games where it's like that's the one that everyone loved and everyone plays and everyone has the memories of because it was the perfect melding of culture and game where everyone owned that game. Everyone that had a PS2 freaking had that game and everyone had the soundtrack on their iPods and everyone loved it and a lot of it has to do with Fast and Furious because that was right when that series was getting big and when Fast and Furious 1 and 2 were out and like every fucking kid in middle school that's all they wanted to do was freaking have NOS in their car and have freaking glowing neon lights. Is that the one where the guy, in, was that the game the guy played in Fast and Furious 1 in his car? Remember when he was at the line, he had a little PS1 hooked up, he was playing some racing game there. No. Come on, Mr. It Fast couldn't and have Furious. Been. I right. mean, well, because this the game was clearly based on Fast and Furious. Okay. Like, for sure. And um, customizing your car and, like, choosing the neon lights and the, the obnoxious paint jobs and all that stuff. I got the gringo yeah. under my car. <laughs> <laughs> a little hot action cop for you. Okay. So good. <laughs> but um, Need for Speed Underground was a very special game that I'll always remember. And I, whenever I talk to people, if you're 25 and a gamer, 
You're going to know that game. Like, it's definitely part of your life. And um, Underground 2 was cool, but it got a little too open world, and I thought they kind of lost track of what made it special. Yeah. I'm excited to see what this does, because this might be the first Need for Speed I play. Since then, really. Okay. The, the one thing I want to ask, and this is more of a question, it's a half comment, half question. We talk about Smash Brothers with fighting games and how, like, Smash Brothers is a divisive game with fighting game fans. Like, Vince, for instance, our friend at IGN, who's a, a fighting game expert, like, doesn't ex- accept that game at all as a fighting game. Mm-hmm. And then, but it's at Evo. Like, Melee's at Evo, right? Yeah. And I think, actually, not Brawl, but I guess the new one was at Evo last year, right? The Wii U one, yeah. yeah. So, there is a group of people that are hardcore dedicated to and play yeah. the game. But it's still not accepted, right? It's still, like, not a ubiquitously accepted game. Everyone like, knows that's a fighting like, game. Like, say... Street Fighter, you know, like at like within fighting game circles, clearly not, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, but it's there. And then I'm curious in the racing scene, the way they look at race kart racers, specifically Mario Kart. Not even no one cares about Mod Nation, but like specifically car, like Mario. Kart. I don't think they count them. I think it's a different genre. Well, it's I a sub genre. I think it's different. I don't think that there, and I could be wrong about this, but I don't think that there's a, a racing game competitive community in the same way that there's a fighting game. Like, though there's no evil, but certainly there's got to be a competitive racing scene. Yeah, right? but I mean, there's a competitive anything, but like. That whole scene doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it's it's doesn't matter whether or not they think kart racers. I mean, there's Mario Kart tournaments, but like, who cares? It's funny. You know? I guess my question or the comment is more that it's funny that Nintendo has innovated on these genres and made their something that's uniquely theirs. The kart racer, they're not the only ones to do the kart racer, but they're they're they, they make the they own the kart racing genre, and they're not the only ones that have you know have done or do a Smash Brothers style game, but they are the ones that own the Smash Brother mm-hmm. style game and obviously do it the best. It's just funny that they've made these games that are on the bubble for both of these genres, these hardcore genres that vacillate between acceptance and not acceptance or like a game that can be competitive or not competitive when you have the hardcore Gran Turismos or the Street Fighters, but then you have these Nintendo. It's just funny that they made both of those games. Yeah. That sit on the outside kind of, but everyone kind of loves them. One foot in the water kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. I don't know. It's just an observation. Mm-hmm. Very interesting that they've innovated but aren't quite accepted. In, in at least the fighting game community, we, uh, the racing game community is a little more. I I'm curious what the Evo. There's got to be an Evo for racing games, right? Like a, not not Evo called Evo, but there's got to be a racing game. Like racing it, games, like F1 games and all those are huge in Western Europe. But you that's know, the like, thing, isn't it broken down by by actual game? Like I mean, there's you know, Gran Turismo has this championship, whatever the hell they call that thing, when they bring together those oh, yeah. players to play for a while. Nissan Academy. So, yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. Called. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, there is F1 stuff, but I mean, I think it might be that for that, there's just a difference in terms of like there isn't. A, I'm not a racing fan i'm a gran turismo fan yeah i mean i think that's the thing is it's like evo is unique in the fact that the fighting game community is a fighting game community it's not just a one game community i mean there is a smash community there is a street fighter community but it's like evo is a, is a bigger bigger idea mm. there you know and uh i mean i don't know if there's like a racing competitive scene in that way i mean i'm sure someone will tell us in the yeah comments. Exactly. i'm sure they will um but i mean the fact that we don't know says something though like we know about evo you know sure, I mean? but we didn't know about Evo. Well, I mean, Evo's been around for a long time, but Evo didn't... I don't feel like Evo reached mainstream acceptance and coverage until three or four years ago, maybe. So, like, Evo had existed, and people liked it, but, but like, it Evo would have never been on the front page of IGN, of IGN yeah, 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 yeah. in 2010. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess the so I'm just saying, other like, side of that, though, is, I mean, I knew about Evo. How would I have known about Evo? You're a young kid. You're a young whippersnapper. They were telling yeah, you. Yeah, I mean, Evo. So, I mean, but obviously, like, someone was covering it, telling me about it. Like, whether it's IGN or like any of the sites I grew sure. up reading. But it's like they didn't tell me about a racing one. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I, I gotcha. also just don't think racing. I mean, racing games are big. I think racing games sell way more than fighting games. So that that's that's the other ironic thing is that you would think that like Gran Turismo Five, no, 
Five, yeah, Gran Turismo Five is the best-selling PS3 game. Well, the, you know, like that's like that's unbelievable. Like it, it's an unbelievable statement. But we're talking about the the competitive nature of it, though. Like, I think that's the difference. And I, I know racing by default is a competition. Well, I was but... just stating more the irony that you would think that with the the way these games sell, the way some of these like Need for Speed's been on the on the decline, but the Crew and all these other games sold. Drive Club even sold really well. So it's like. You would just think like Street Fighter Five is going to come out as a PlayStation Four console exclusive, but the next Gran Turismo is going to fucking destroy it in sales. Mm-hmm. And but like there's no we don't know what the fight the driving community is doing with this game, even though many millions more are going to be sold of it. But the fighting game community much more niche yet much more vocal. Just an observation, mm-hmm. you know, much more vocal, much more well known. Maybe they just do a nice job of talking about you know hyping it up and talking about it. I don't know. There's got to be a driving game community out there. Tell me, people. It's underground. It's underground. That's how you uh, want to know. It's not street legal. Yeah. In the like comments that. below. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Final topic for the day. If you guys have a topic for us, go to the Kind of Funny forums at kindoffunny.com slash forums. There's a thread right at the top there for your Gamescast topics. There's a whole bunch of them. Shout out to Lindsay, who's one of the superstars on the forums. Yeah. She spells her name with an A. It's Lindsay. 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 Say um, what? But she's fucking awesome, and she, like, has been super great in the forums, making sure everything is beautiful and organized. Um, and she organized this topic very nicely for me. Sean1neo says, Hi guys, can Hi. I ask your opinion on the lack of light gun shooters for consoles and what the future holds? Oh yeah, this guy talked to me on Twitter about this. Yeah, uh, Here's another sub-genre we don't talk about. Yeah, enough. I mean, peripheral games are just are just largely dead. And that's the problem. It's peripherals. Yeah. Like, that's why we don't see them. People got burned out with Guitar Hero and all that. And I think, you know, the PS1 era... Light gun games for something special because that was the peripheral. Everyone wanted Time Crisis. Everyone wanted Point Blank yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And um, I even go further back than that, like the Genesis Sharpshooter and SNES or and all Duck that Hunt. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. SNES was a failure, but obviously the, the Super Scope was, was no one gave a fuck about that thing. Everything was awesome because they used to play outside with it. But yeah, then it was oh, a yeah, it looked like a real gun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, some some reason I had that. What? The dark he, he was just having like, he's listening to you. But yeah, the light light gun light guns were like in the duck hunt era, light gun was a uh, gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. It was a way to like, well, I'm playing like I don't I still don't know. This isn't a video game, it's a toy. Yeah. It's an entertainment system. It does so many so much more than the games. PS1 era, I think light guns and Dreamcast I think had awesome light gun games too, like House of the Dead and all those, because um these disc based games were more graphically robust, they were pretty, you were Playing like House of the Dead 2, I remember specifically, like that was like a one for one experience, really, from the arcade of Dreamcast. And I think that's the thing is like, even from the and Dreamcast probably is the perfect example of when it could finally be arcade perfect. Mm. Like, Dreamcast is the most arcade perfect system ever, yeah. Um, because it didn't have the same exact chipset or whatever. Probably, with, uh, I, don't I forgot, know. I, I don't forgot what it was called it about the Dreamcast. or some shit like that. But oh, yeah, that was the code name for it, wasn't it? The Dreamcast. Yeah, then, and I think that was I think it's Saturn was like, and then, yeah, Neptune. There was a um the board that they used for the arcades was Neptune. They also that's why a lot of games were ported over. I could be completely wrong about that, but I learned that somewhere. Um but yeah, there was the arcade it's in the nineties, like the boom there, like it was all peripheral based. It was all I'm standing on a skateboard, I'm shooting like a yeah, yeah. I'm punching some shit. And it's like when you got to see to take that experience home, it's like I don't need to pay a quarter, but I can fucking play it. Come over and play Time Crisis. My God, you know, that's such a right. important memory for a lot of people and um i just think it doesn't have the same 
those games don't have as much depth as a lot of things. Exactly. So it's like, That's the big thing. And it's, it's just like any other uh, peripheral we talk about. Why I think Morpheus isn't going to succeed. There won't be enough experiences to justify the purchase. Yeah. Now, you had a shot at it when yeah, Wii yeah. and PlayStation Move were happening because then you had the light guns there. I remember I, I played all the way through House of the Dead Overkill. Loved it. Had a great time. It was a funny story. It was fun. I was playing with the Move, getting trophies. It was like, yeah, this is great. All right, cool. But like, now that the moves are mothballed away or sold back or where the hell my moves are, like, I if you put out a, I don't want to be down to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? Now, granted, again, there's the argument of, well, my, the, it's built into the controller, but then we're just getting away from what a light gun is anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, that's actually really interesting. I remember when the Wii first came out, the question was, there's a new duck hunt. Where's it coming? And yeah. then it never came. Yeah, it's that like, is weird. We kind of got it as huh. like a tech demo in a couple different ways. Like, we play had a, yeah, had yeah. A, and like, we got Link's crossbow training. Right. I bought Link's crossbow training. <laughs> That fucking gun that it came with. <laughs> yeah. But the it's like we never thinking? got Duck Hunt, and that was <laughs> such a weird, weird thing. It's like that was so such a perfect A no-brainer, thing. right? Yeah, yeah, and they just didn't do it. But That's true. That's a good I never thought of that. I don't think we're going to get a resurgence of light guns no. ever. But, I mean, no. if there's new time crises that come out, it would pique my interest, but I wouldn't buy it. So You know what you will get for uh, Duck Hunt, though? Huh? Mobile game. Tap, D- tap, tap. Tap, 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 I like that. All right. At... L3MIEUX. Lemix? Lemmy? Lemmy. What is it? Let me see it. Oh, it's Lemieux. Lemieux. You can't play any more games unless you spend a year in prison. Yes or no? I say lock me up. <laughs> That's what he Why said. is oh. that the choice, though? <laughs> Like, what happened? I don't know. <laughs> There's got to be a story. <laughs> the, 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 the authorities are just going to come, you know, like, sir, you're done. Yeah. You either sit in prison for a whole year, or you're never playing a video game again. I need, I need they more information. They ban video games, I guess. That's what they do. Yeah, Maybe it's you do prison. Maybe it's mm-hmm. from that guy who uh, tried to get an NES in his prison. They wouldn't let him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the hacker? It? Yeah, who has it? Uh, I don't know. I need more information. I wouldn't do it. I don't. I mean, what kind of? I guess. Okay, here's where the more information comes in. I want to know what kind of is it. A federal pound me in the ass prison or what's uh-huh. going on? Yeah. Yeah. White collar. Yeah. White collar. Yeah. Is it like I just walk around and do whatever I want? I don't want to do. It. I don't want to go to prison. Yeah. No. I don't. Just games are done for you for a year, or was it for the year? For a year. Games are done forever, or just for one? Games year? are done forever, unless I'm in prison. Yeah. What about when I get out of prison? They're just got, they're still done. Yeah. No, they're back. If yeah, yeah. So it's a one year moratorium on games, no matter what. No. Yeah. No. That's not the way I read it. The question is, you are not allowed to play games anymore unless you are so going to prison me, for one year. So just me. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe all of us. Then no, if that was the if that's the stipulation, then I'll just take a year off of gaming. And it'll be really hard and I'll hate it, but I'll have that's, comics and movies. And that's but not what he's go, saying. That, yeah. You can never play games again. I don't understand why you don't get this question. <laughs> I'm confused on why you're having such a hard time grabbing So now this. if I go to jail for a year, I get to play games in jail. I don't know if that's no. how... To... Jesus Christ! Are you kidding me? He's saying you can't play... Ga- Give me the phone. Can you use it in a You sentence? can't play any more games unless you spend a year in prison. You can't play any more games unless you spend a year... Are you playing games? Holy shit. Time's taking its toll on you, Greg. Um... Now it's a real question. Now it's a real thought. Now you get it? Now, now I got to think about it. I don't know if I could, man. You're like, no, after a year, I'll just play games. I was like, what are you talking about? That's not the question. <laughs> you can never play them unless you spend a year in prison. I guess I'll do it, then yeah, I'll take the year in prison. You go to prison? Yeah. Fuck, man. I don't know if I could last. I, I can play I all the games I, I want in prison. <laughs> Okay, we're, we're moving on from this. I'm saying no. At Jeff Stott wants to know, if you could replace one game's soundtrack with another, what would it be and why? Mm. 
one game soundtrack with another? That's an interesting question. I think think for me, the first thing that comes to mind would be the later Metal Gears. Oh, fuck. That's Metal a Gear really 2. good one. That's a Just really because good I want one. the Metal Gear 2 theme song. Yeah. Um, that question is too hard. I don't have an answer for it. The, the other thing would be, I feel like a lot of the, this isn't answering your question, but it's the idea. I feel like um, I would rather a lot of the Final Fantasy games to have the orchestrated versions of their music kind of put in them. Like Final Fantasy VII, that whole like uh, era, the PlayStation era Final Fantasy games, like they don't sound good at all because no. it's not they're like it's weird it's compressed. sampled compressed sample based shit. It's like Final Fantasy VI and below, classic chip tune that sounds great. Then later they get all orchestrated, but it's like or even through ten, man, ten sounds fucking bad. And it's like, I, if we could just replace it with the new orchestrated versions, that'd be fucking dope. The good news is the soundtrack of Tennis is the least of its problems. High five. I hate you so much. <laughs> Do you have an answer? No. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's kind of like a fucking... That's really... I would say probably none. That's a detailed one, and it's hard to think... I can't think of a game I've played where I'm like, this soundtrack sucks. But it would. Fix. But I, I really wish Uncharted was laid over it. You know what I mean? Like no. Yeah, yeah. Games. I, I kind of have a trouble separating that those experiences. Mm. You know what I mean? Interesting. The only one I've ever successfully separated and remapped was when I played Mar- Super Mario World uh, on SNES, and I had Pinkerton play nonstop. There you go. I, every time you I played, replace... I'd come home. But yeah. it, that doesn't count because that's not a game soundtrack. And the soundtrack to Super Mario World is awesome. Yeah. I had already played it for like a, an entire summer at Matt Noel's basement, so I didn't so need. You knew. I knew the real music. At Chiruitz twenty two says, Chiru- "What do you guys like to read? And are there decent game based novels or vice versa?" So I'm going to read. I'm going to ask a different question based on this. Okay. Would you guys read video game based novels if they were decent? Yeah. Some some games have some games have huge robust. Uh, like Mass Effect, I think, right? Has yeah. a pretty Halo robust. Does. Halo has yeah. like its own like guy managing the universe. Yeah. Was like so into the Halo books. Yeah, but before there's like a million of them. Back yeah, then yeah, there's yeah. just a handful that were canon and stuff. He fucking loved it. That's so. but I mean like I I have to say no I wouldn't because like Uncharted. I remember we got proofs of the Uncharted book and I didn't even bother reading it. I was just like mm. no I don't. It's not, yeah. it's not how I want this experience. Yeah, typically I, I'm trying to think like I read the Homefront book. That was the prequel to Homefront because I was really into that. And it was interesting. The book, the video game book that remi- that that just sticks in my mind most is Empire, which is the book that uh, Orson Scott Card wrote, uh, f- you know, for uh, Shadow Complex. Mm. Um, that is kind of the the lead into like Shadow Complex has no real context, so the book is kind of the context for Shadow Complex. Mm. I know it was interesting, um, but uh, generally, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like the games should tell you their stories themselves. I think there's some games that would be interesting books, like Bioshock, I think would be a great book, um, for sure. Uh, but n- not nece- I'm not necessarily seeking this shit out. You know? yeah. yeah. I read uh, the novelization of Resident Evil 1. I don't know why I did that. It I'll was give a really shout weird. Out I'll give a shout out here to, and you're going to laugh, but stick with me, the Injustice comic book. Because that was better than the story of the game, mm. and that went on way longer. It was really a really interesting Superman story, but that wasn't based on the video. It wasn't. I didn't like that because of the video game. I liked it because of the characters and the world that yeah, didn't spawn I guess from that's true. the video game didn't start the universe and the yeah, characters. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So that doesn't really count. But. It was a, a super dope choose your own adventure Luigi book I read when I was young, and I liked that. I ca- I read many times. Seeing Luigi the walks paths. through the closet. If he picks a green hat, go to page two. Yeah. If he, picks a red, was the worst. if he picks a red hat, shut the book. <laughs> I used to just like cheat and just read all the all just, like yeah, read through all the different options. Or you get the option to be like you're dead, and I'd be like, oh fuck, and then I just go back and just take the other options. Like, am I supposed to stop here? <laughs> this thing reminded me that <laughs> that's de- the end. That destiny could use a lot of fleshing out in books. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Um, 
The Audio Jedi asks, can a game show too much before it's released? Yes. Kind of like movie trailers giving away too much. Yeah, Entirely. I think it happens all the yeah, time. I think, it, yeah. I think it's with both movies and, and games, it's happening more and more. Yeah. And I think especially for us, when we get to play games before and see them before they're finished, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's so, it's hard to actually get a good experience with games now because it's just, you, know, you do know too much. And not even just seeing, even just reading. I feel like even back in the day, you could overread about a game oh, sure. and just know too much about it. It, it, and there's such a thing, too, is um, on the flip side of doing demos that are too big or too much, like uh, Do Sky or whatever, Do Sky yeah, or whatever. Like, it's like I read somewhere that that's getting a patch. Mm, yeah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Make the game. You mm-hmm. know, like what? Like, like it's done. You release the demo. It's over. Stop wasting your time on these things. You know, yeah. good Lord, that game's never going to come out. <laughs> Randomer wants to know, why aren't there more four player co-op games? I think there are a lot there's of lot, yeah, I feel like yeah, now yeah. there's a lot of like indie ones and stuff. Co-op. Oh, co-op yeah, no. maybe not. Yeah, they're usually a little more competitive, like Tower Fall and stuff like that. Mm. But there are actually there's a fair amount of co-op Diablo. ones. There's like, you know, all the like the Rayman games and the Left for Dead. Diablo. Super Mario Bros. Left for Dead. Yeah. Call of Duty Extraction. Yeah, there, there's a fair amount. Yeah, but more probably because the market doesn't need them or want mm. them. Sammy J93. Sammy J. Were you guys ever scared that games would turn into just your job rather than stay as something you enjoy to do as a hobby? Or have you ever witnessed this happen to someone as they just got sick of games altogether? Yeah, I mean it's I've been on the verge. I've been I've been in that situation a few times where I wouldn't play games for a few months because mm-hmm. I just couldn't do it anymore. So yeah, it's a fear. I found a better balance. Yeah. And uh, that's the thing yeah. is yeah, being able to change an audible, right? Like I I've never been afraid of it because I knew I would nip it in the bud. But it's like the same thing. If like it burned me out on the job front, then I would try to find a new job. I wouldn't stop playing games or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. What I mean? Nor would I stick around and resent games. Yeah, something that's always been interesting to me is I've always, I think, been more into reading about games, knowing about games, than actually playing them. And that's weird as shit, but it's just like it's just how I am. Like yeah. I like game culture and I like talking about it and I like you know everything that goes into it. Sure. So for me, it's like it. It's always it does get a little scary though when I'm like I'm too entrenched in that instead of the actual playing the games. But then there's moments like me playing Shovel Knight where I'm like, this is why I like video games yeah, and this yeah. is why I always mm-hmm. will like video games. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm a gamer. It's like, no one can take that away from me, no matter what. No one's going to take it away from you. Yeah. Can't take um, that away. Will, this is the last question for the day. Will Shuster wants to know, do you think games will reach the point where graphically they will be completely indistinguishable from real life? If yes, will that be a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think that's time. the future of VR. Um, so it's a matter of, you know, is it a good thing? I think it could be a good thing. I mean, we saw when, when remember VHS games and, and yeah. like, like Night Trap and all that shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, those were just real game. those were just real, like, real footage that you then played the game over. And a lot of, we were talking about like on games, like a lot of early like on games were like, you know. Mad Dog and all yeah, that. Yeah, like all that yeah. shit. And that shit sucked. But they tried. I mean, they've been trying to do this for 25 years. I think, yeah, eventually, absolutely, it'll be seamless. Um, whether or not that's a good thing or not, I don't know. I always think there's going to be, a, it, there needs to be a, um, we were talking about it with The Last of Us, I think, some time ago. Like, the game looks very realistic, but there's something not realistic about it. Well, yeah, and I think that, that that's something... I don't think that there ever will happen. Like, I don't think we'll ever see a game that if you watch it, you're going to be like, is this real life? Because if you look at a still, I think we've already hit that point where there's certain, you can look at a screenshot of a game and be like, wait, is that real or not? The second it's in motion, you know it's not real. And I don't think we'll ever break that. Like, I'd be really surprised because I don't even think we broke that with like CG movies and stuff. Like, There'll be little bits and pieces, but there's always something that happens that you're like, okay, like, I know that this isn't real. Oh, I totally disagree. I think that, like, I think it'll happen. I think that, 
as processing power exponentially increases in these computers and so like that's going to require development developers that are able to do this but think about mocap like mocap is happening and making realistic animations for games like the I think the last of us yeah there's something not real about it but the animation is not the problem with that game the, the make it not real I think that there's an, an, an there's an inherent it's the same with uncharted there's an intentional thing that makes it not look real like it's not that they're trying to make it look as realistic as possible there's a they go all the way and then they step it back you know, mm-hmm. and put like that something to it. I, I talked about this with you a long time ago. I remember we talked about this. Maybe it was on Beyond, where someone brought up that point where it's like they go, they go, they go, and then they walk it back a little bit because it's like there's there's still something they're still animating, they're yeah, still doing something. It's the same reason that they animate the actors' mouths, right? It's not like Infamous's tech, which is like, you know, they had the balls, they made paid attention to everything, they filmed the face, they filmed Nolan, Troy, Ashley, whoever, and then an animator goes there and makes everything, but then they have more range of movement in the face to do whatever they want with that, you know, mm-hmm. Ellie or Joel or Drake or whoever. Because remember that there's Unreal 5 pictures, right? We did this on Colin and Greg Live, I think it's Unreal 5, or whatever the new Unreal Engine is, where people rendered, like, apartments that oh, look right, 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 indistinguishable. Right. Yeah. From from fake things like they were totally indistinguishable. Like you could show that picture to someone, and be like, "This is my apartment," and they'd be like, "Oh, it's beautiful." Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, if they can do that with environments, obviously doing that with a person is going to be harder. But see, but that's my thing though is you can show them a picture, but if you showed them that video, like yeah. I remember the video you're talking about, it was mind blowing. But the video you know is not real though. It, like, it's not so much the animation as much as it's the sheen things have, and I don't think that you can get rid of that. Like, you will though. Possible. That's the whole thing. Is like I'm with you right now. For the where we are right now, in the next five years, it's not going to happen, right? But I think beyond that, moving forward, yeah, it's totally going to happen because they'll solve those problems. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I like know. the day they I'll figure out really how interested. to fucking animate a pillow mm-hmm. and covers, that's the one, right? And that was like one of the things I ever pulled away from whatever GDC talk I was at, right? Is that if you'll notice, watch people get into bed. They never cover themselves with a blanket, and the, the pillow never reacts because mm-hmm. those are the hardest things to animate. They just mm-hmm. can't make it look real, so they don't do it. Yeah, but see, I, I think you guys are even taking this even further than I am with the animation and stuff because that's a whole other layer. That will they nail that? Yeah, probably. Like that. So you're just talking about in game. I'm talking about the look of it. Like, because even take video games out of it, just CG in general, like in movies. Like, yeah. they still haven't figured it out. Like, it's still, but it's close all the it time. Is, it's close, but it's like it's. It is close, but I don't think there's ever been an example of it being that close where you're like, oh, we're going to get there where it is indistinguishable, maybe for the seconds, maybe for whatever. But it's like as an overall experience, I don't think we're ever going to get a video game that you can't tell the difference. And it, it has to do with so much different things. The animation, in addition to the look and the sheen and the colors and reflections sure, sure, and light sure, sure, and all sure, that sure. stuff, in addition to what's in focus. Like we were talking about this on Game of Grey show today. It's like if I'm looking at you right now. How do you replicate what's going on to all my sides? Right. I don't think we'll ever they'll ever figure that out. And especially when you're playing a game, replicating that isn't a video game then. Then it's a weird simulator. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like video games need a little bit more. So I don't know. It's We'll see. But I, I doubt it. In 50 years from now, mm-hmm. you and I will be in the nursing home together. Yeah. Your girlfriend will be dead. Yeah. My girlfriend will be dead. Mm-hmm. We'll be chilling there, and I'm going to poke you in the ribs and show you something. And I'm going to show you the new shirt. Tim was right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the last ever episode 22 of the Kind of Funny Games cast. Leave your comments over in the forums at kindoffunny.com slash forums. Go sign up. There's a thriving community there. It's really fun. Probably the best community on the internet, mm. I will say. Mm. They are so positive, mm-hmm. and it's the best. Mm. I really like them. Yeah, I like I you guys. Too. I like you guys a lot. Thank you so much, Colin. Thank You're you welcome. so much, Greg. Thank you, Kevin. Being really? here on your birthday, wearing your little skinny shirt. I'm happy about this. 
Kevin or, lost a lot of weight. At the very beginning of the show, I yeah. took a photo, uh-huh. and you about her to go, what it was was that Kevin, had one of his buttons had come undone. So I had just fucking right on to the belly button. I needed to capture that moment, so that's what I did there. No, I don't need to see it again. I have it. It's Okay. God, we were talking about black holes earlier. Good Lord. It's like gargantua. There you go. 